I'm recording. That's all right. They're playing now. They're just playing their game. It's all good. All right. Okay. So you uh, might need to kick him. Go, girls. Up. Okay. That's fine. Shh, girls. What's your brother doing? Is he down south or what? Yeah, he's heading back. I think he might have just got back, actually. Yeah, apparently there's dramas because there's a bushfire down there and they were diverting everyone. Oh, of course. What else is new? Right. Been a while. It has. There you go. Yeah, not bad, not bad. We haven't done a uh, we haven't done a potty for about a month. Yeah, all our loyal listeners will be wondering what the hell happened to us, mate. They're looking at the app on their phone, going, "Why isn't why aren't the boys popping up?" So everyone's been busy, and uh, a lack of dedication to the course. <laughs> <laughs> you might say it happens. Man down, Mister Dominic has uh, headed headed off down south for the long weekend. He escaped on Friday night. No, Friday. He left Friday, Friday morning. So prior to the announcement. All oh, right. No, he was there. He was. He took the day off work, so he was there prior yes. to the announcement. Well, it's the Monday public holiday here in WA after Anzac Day, and we are in full lockdown mode again, yet again. Absolutely, yet again. After Friday, uh, the premier wet the bed again and uh, sent us all home. So uh, yeah, interesting times. But anyway, it's been announced that uh, it ends at midnight tonight, but, you know, obviously restrictions to follow, such as keeping on the mask, masks in public and, I don't know, whatever else. I switched off after I heard that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been paying attention, just just over it all, to be honest. So. But uh, another lockdown? So what the rest of our lives going to be uh, doing this lockdown? It seems like every time there's one case in the community, he shits himself and uh, sends everyone into... Into lockdown, sends everyone into just-in-case mode. I think he, he's got so much luck, this Premier, mate, because, you know, last time it happened, it spread to no one. This time it spread to, what, two people? Two extra people? Mm. And that was it, it seems. Um, if they happen to find any more, it's probably unlikely at this point, but I don't know. Lucky or not, I'm glad it's not. It is what it is and it hasn't spread, so. Yeah. Or bullshit aside, I'm glad it hasn't spread. So. It's going to be a short one today, probably half hour max. But um, been doing a bit of a think, uh, which we discussed the other day about what we're doing with the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably part of the reason why we've been off for about a month. Is that uh, I think we're done with the format that it's currently mm. in, right? Yes. Pretty sure you're you're in agreement. Yeah. In agree, yes. agreement with this, you know, I love, I love the three of us, or you know, every now and then bringing in someone else if we can, to chat about you know the current events and what's going on in the news and around the world and blah blah blah. But at the end of the day, just had a bit of a think and like where are we going with it. Like you know, you, we can anyone can get that news from, from anywhere, really, um, and listen to. The, I suppose there their favourite uh, social commentators rather than us, uh, you know. <laughs> I was going to say amateurs, but, you know, yeah, well, amateurs, amateurs. I suppose is a decent word for it, even though, you know, we, we like to think that we know what we're talking about. Not really. But anyway, I, I want to, we obviously want to keep it going, but I think it's probably better to do a podcast show where we're bringing other people into it, right, and talking about 
stuff that's a little bit more interesting than just the day-to-day that people can get from from anywhere and everywhere, right? Mm. So the idea, I think, is going to switch to talking to people about their lives. Uh, and we've mentioned before that we're going to start a second podcast, which is about business and that kind of thing. So we'll probably keep the business stuff to when we get that one going. But just, you know, people's lives, stories in general and that kind of thing and interesting people that we know in life, maybe even people that we don't know. And that might be make, make it more interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. So a bit of a, uh, not so much an interview show. I don't really want to interview people. I just want to talk. Just a discussion. Yeah, a discussion a show. Discussion. about And if, it's, it's if things about, you know, what's going on in the news at the time come into it, you know, et cetera, politics or whatever, then so be it. That's fine, um, you know, if it's relevant. But I think um, just talking to people and, uh, you know, making – making a show out of their, the interesting things that have happened in their lives, stories that they've got to tell. So mm. now what are the plans for that? We haven't really planned it out fully at this point um, in terms of, you know, even creating a list of people that we want to talk to to start with. Um, so that's one thing that we'll need to do. We'll definitely need to do that soon. Yeah. I mean, I've got a few people in mind and I'm sure that uh, the people I've, that I'm thinking of will be happy to, to come and have a chat and obviously – Obviously, you know, you know, you know, half of Perth, so yes. we, we should have no shortage of um, of people wanting to get in front of the microphone and the video camera. Uh, so yeah, should be interesting. And also, uh, we will eventually. It's all a matter of time, I suppose. We're we're running, you know, working in and running businesses. The other thing is, you know, we'll we'll get the the business podcast going and talk to people about their businesses and hardships that they've had in business and how they've come out the other end and made their fortune and, and, yep. and whatever, whatever else. I think that would be a, a pretty interesting one to do. There are those types of podcasts around, but um, I think in Australia especially they're, they're lacking a bit. They're, they're not that great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So got some ideas on how to uh, get that going. Having said that, what I'm also thinking of doing with all the episodes that we currently have is um, I'll probably, probably wipe, wipe the slate clean. I've been actually moving them to YouTube. So they will exist. But I think like on the podcast feed, I'd like to start from zero. You know what I mean? So that new people finding us won't find, you know, 30 or so previous podcasts, episodes, which are, you know, all about everything which was relevant at the time but not currently relevant when they actually get to it, Right. So I think that I'm just going to archive everything on YouTube. And so, you know, the podcast that we've done up to now will will still exist if anyone wants to, you know, is interested in going to listen to it. But we're kind of pretty much going to start from, from ground zero, I reckon. Now, even that idea may change, may end up just scrapping that idea and just keeping everything as it is and just continuing on with the new format. But anyway, we'll... I have a, a bit more of a think about what's the best way to do that. Um, but, you know, using YouTube as the archive option is, is always going to be there. Enough about that. What did you do over the uh, Anzac Day long weekend? How did you spend uh, lockdown? As you know, I have a property up in the, in the northern wheat belt. So I have some, uh, some livestock and stuff like that. So I went to check on my livestock. I was exempt person. So I went you up were the and one. checked it out. And- yeah, I was one of the exempt people, so I'm allowed to do that. So I went up, checked on it, made sure everything was all right, checked everything was all right, and came back to Perth. And that was it. So 
Very good. And did you have to uh, get stopped at Checkpoint Charlie and show your papers? I did. I did have to show my papers. Yes. I had all my papers. They're all in order. So mm-hmm. I did feel like um, <laughs> I'm sure now I understand how the East Germans felt when <laughs> When they're at checkpoint Charlie to show their papers. <laughs> yeah, well, you weren't you weren't at as much of a risk of being shot, but uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I wasn't at risk of being shot, but uh, yeah, but still, it's just a weird feeling living in a free country, giving your papers yeah. to a police officer to say I'd like to go to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I'd like to to check on my vestment. <laughs> mm, yeah, very so. true. Yes, Mark McGowan. So what did you do on this uh, Anzac Day long weekend? What did I do? All right, well, I was I was at work Friday and Saturday. Sunday, stayed home with the kids doing my head in. And uh, <laughs> today I just went, I'm not doing that a second day. And uh, and I've been at work again. So it hasn't affected me. I haven't been anywhere where I even needed to wear a mask. So apart from the fact that it just didn't really do much on the weekend, um, didn't really affect me. So, I kind of feel for those poor vets that didn't get to actually like to go to the dawn service. And yeah, like I'm, so I actually feel for like there's not many World War II vets left. Uh-huh. So I think it was pretty sad. And I missed out two, two years, you know what I mean? Yeah. So exactly. God knows, I mean, I don't know how many, unfortunately since the 2019 Anzac Day Parade and then this one, how we haven't, or how many are no longer with us. So I felt, I felt, felt quite saddened for those those people. Even in saying that, there's Vietnam vets and Korean War vets, some of the people in there, you know, in the twilight years of their lives and they didn't get to go on the prayer, which is, again, quite sad. My father-in-law is one of them, Vietnam vet, and uh, he didn't he hasn't been able to go for the past two years. I did feel for those guys, you know what I mean? And I mean, I think uh, it's hypocritical of McGowan, seriously. Uh, where, what are they coming up what, what advice has he been getting when you know he announced that what friday afternoon all right blah, this blah 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 has happened in quarantine and we'll probably get onto the debacle that is the uh, perth hotel quarantine nonsense but he announces this friday afternoon saying that it's going to start from from midnight friday right however in the meantime people can go to the wildcats game and the western force game but the next day they couldn't go to Optus Stadium for the Dockers game. Now, I don't know what COVID knows that we don't know, but... Or, or they, they, were, they were able to go to restaurants on Friday night. That was fine. They were able to, you know, get public transport to go into the city to watch the Wildcats game, right? Wildcats game started just before 6 o'clock. I think it was 5.45, 5.50, whatever. The crowd, you know, 6, six o'clock was the time that you had to start wearing a mask. The crowd initially didn't have to wear a mask, but come six o'clock in the first first quarter of the match, then then they had to put the mask on. Figure that one out. Now, can't figure that out. His, his excuse is uh, they had to get the legal stuff in in place before they could, you know, and uh, enforce the lockdown and you know get police ready and blah blah blah. I'm sorry, but I don't buy that. Absolute bullshit. Because if he had said at his presser on Friday afternoon, the Public events tonight, the you know the Western Force and the Wildcats. I'm sorry, they're going to be behind closed doors. Do you think anyone would have pushed back and said, "Oh, do you have legal right to do that? Do you have the 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 right authority in place?" Blah blah blah. No, they would have just accepted it. Right? The venues would have, could have just closed the doors and said, "It's a closed door event now." Bad luck, right? So from from that time of those games to the next game, 
you know, the next day, the Dockers game. What, what the hell is the difference? What changed? We're allowing one, one evening we're allowing thousands to gather together. The next day we're not allowing for thousands to gather together. Seriously, if there's an issue, you shut it down and you shut it down immediately. It's just, it seems so pathetic. I went to the shop at like quarter to six on Friday, so I didn't have to wear a mask. But while I was in there, it turned six o'clock, and I thought, and everyone's putting their mask on. They, so did that. Really <laughs> I would have just, if I had been at that Wildcats game where, you know, 5.59, I don't have to wear it, but tick over to 6 p.m., everyone's got to get their mask out of their bag or out of their pocket. I would have just, I would have had to walk out of there. I just wouldn't be able to hack it. I'm sorry. That's just too pathetic for me. Just those stupid little things like that that happen around all these COVID, you know, rules. Just, oh, just I can't stomach it, mate. It's, yeah. Apart from being absolutely farcical and, and laughable, the fact that it's so nonsensical, I just, I, I can't stand, you know, living amongst this this nonsense. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, another nonsense I found was funny. There was, I think it was not the B or one of those ones, had a tweet of Joe Biden, who's been vaccinated, mm. sitting 10, 10 foot or 10 or five metres away from his next person, wearing two masks. I'm going, does he understand that the logical is? You're wearing two, you've been vaccinated. What's the point of having a vaccine? There was something about him doing a Zoom call as well, and he was sitting on the, on, in front of the computer with a mask on to do a Zoom call with, I don't know who, but really just ridiculous. He's wearing two masks. He's got the normal, you know, the, the hospital one, and then he had a black one on, the, on top of it because you could see the white one underneath. I'm like, oh my God. What about, I the idea if you, have a, if you do have a vaccine, isn't that supposed to, the whole reason you have a vaccine? I don't, I don't reckon these masks do anything anyway. It's a crock. It's, it's absolute rubbish. It's, like, it's not like your, your breath and, you know, particles don't escape from the mask. Oh, it just reduces the chances. Yeah, fair enough, but still. Out in public, literally this morning, outside my window, someone ran past, right, jogging. Pretty fast, actually. It was more of a sprint, wearing a mask. Now, this person was the only person in the street, but wearing a mask. And I thought, well, where are your brains, mate? Like, you, you don't need to. Firstly, you've been, we've been told you don't need to if you're doing, uh, you know, physical activity, exercising, whatever. But this person wearing full on face mask, like we're doing a sprint. And that was like that weird. You said you saying there's there's another meme of a guy who's riding a Harley Davidson motorbike with no helmet, yet he's wearing a mask. And I'm like, and it's like, yep, that's that's the world we live in right now. So the dangerous thing is riding your motorcycle without a helmet, yep. <laughs> but he's wearing a mask. It's like, oh my god, it's the stupidity. That's the world we've come to. The other thing is the point, the, the fact that this even happened, the fact that people go into quarantine and then get COVID, like seriously, how ridiculous is that? And everyone can say, oh, Mark McGowan's keeping us safe. Um, hello. Before, before we go there, we can actually go back another step. The first person, the, I think they're calling them uh, case zero or whatever, the first person who got it this time around was some Indian person who they allowed to go back to India to get married and come back with his wife. Why are you allowing travel to places like India 
that are such hotspots and have been for, you know, many months. Now, that's a, probably a federal government thing, you know, allowing international travel. So that's that's where it started, I suppose. Yeah, yeah but that one is a bit, you're, you're, you're touching, that's a tough one because at the end of the day, I mean, you know me, I'm, I had vested interest before, or not anymore, but dealt with a lot with immigration, right? And I understand, but at the end of the day, I do, and I'm a firm believer, no matter what, if you're an Australian citizen, right, it is your God, it's your right as an Australian citizen to come back to this country. End of story. Yeah. It does, it, it does, I don't care what anyone says. They say, oh, they should stay over, they've had plenty of time. It does not matter if they've been overseas for a day, a year, six months, 10 months, a year, 10 years. If you have a blue passport that says you're an Australian citizen, it is your right to come back to this country because you are an Australian citizen. End yes, I, I agree with coming back in, but they probably shouldn't have let the guy go out in the first place to the destination he was going to. He, yeah, but Simon, but there could be mitigating factors. He could have been going to pick up his wife. He wasn't able to travel. I think he was going to pick up his wife and marry her and bring her back here. Well, she could be a permanent resident for all we know. So she's entitled to come back just as much as a citizen. You don't, we don't know. Yeah, fair enough. My, regardless of the coming in or out, right, you got, you got, there's a million circumstances, right? Now, Yes, is the federal government? Yes, they've, they've obviously eliminated that. Well, they're trying to reduce the amount of people coming into the country, which they have, as we know. And everyone goes, "Oh, they've had so much time to come back." Well, it's a little bit hard when there's—I can't remember how many. I think it was over three hundred thousand plus Australian citizens living overseas that would like to come back to Australia, but you're only letting a thousand a week in, so it makes that goddamn hard. And not to mention the actual sheer cost of coming back to Australia now, because I heard the last person I heard was to come back from Bali cost them $16,000 for two people. To quarantine? No, to come back to Australia, the flights. Oh, my God, flights. Yeah, well, that's a lot of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're talking a lot of money. You've got to save up that money. You've got to work for that money. And then you've got to go pay quarantine fees. Mm. It's a lot of money. Okay, anyway, these people come into quarantine. Yeah. Now, into the Mercure Hotel where they've they've had the report that this hotel is not up to, to scratch when it comes to quarantine. Yes. Right? Yeah. And they kept them there. April 8th, the report came out and they did stuff all about it. That's my – my beef is you, you won an election based on you take medical advice, the, the chief health officer's advice. You've been given medical advice and you've chosen not to take it. So don't tell me this crap that Mark McGowan has kept us safe. There's a perfect example. His negligence kept us unsafe because he allowed quarantine uh, COVID to spread in quarantine and then allowed the, per- the people to leave quarantine into the community. Don't fucking tell me that he kept us safe. Incompetence. That's what it is. Incompetence and negligence. And the other issue I have was when everyone goes, oh, it's Scott Morrison's fault. It's the federal government's fault. Eric's federal government's fault. If you're going to take no. the credit, right? <laughs> no, no, I'm a firm believer. If you're going to take the credit of keeping us safe, you've got to take the good with the bad. You can't just say pass the buck now. Oh, look, it's not, he's not doing his job. He's trying to say, oh, the federal government That's won't right. give us military uh, um, facilities to use. And he, wants, he wants to send everyone to Christmas Island five hours away. You need these people near hospitals okay in case something bad happens like you know they can't breathe they need to get you know professional medical care you think christmas island's going to cut it i'm sorry no right so they need to be in perth obviously 
But also, don't fucking pass the buck to the federal government. They all went there. All these premiers went to this national cabinet thing for, they for all COVID. Agreed. And they all agreed that each individual state would take care of the quarantine and the health through the health system. And now, all of a sudden, when he gets the criticism that he rightly deserves, he deflects onto Scott Morrison. He's a disgrace. He's a disgrace. And people just, people just, they're so naive and they don't get it. I don't think he's. I don't think he's walked away this time as uh, red and rosy. Oh, was he going to lose another five? He maybe lose five percent of a, um, you know, approval. Please. We live amongst sheep. We live amongst sheep. Uh, Perth, not not just Perth people. West Australians are just so blind to to all his bullshit. You know, and I love how he comes out and does this press conference, and he just treats. Firstly, he's got to read everything. Right? How amateur is that? Secondly, he talks like so patronizingly and condescendingly because he's got to set it up. He's got to set up his speech by saying, We've been so lucky. You, you listen to it. And it's like, fucking just give us information. Sorry, I shouldn't swear so much, but it just it makes my blood boil <laughs> so bad. The way he the way he treats the public, right? Yeah, I don't I don't like the condescending. It's condescending. It's a very condescending way to speak to, to, to citizens because he's got to set up the good. We've been very lucky. We've only had one lockdown in 12 months, you know, blah, blah. No, we all know that. We've all been alive, so we know. You don't have to try and remind us and try to make our brain switch to, oh, shit, here we go again mode to, oh, yeah, it's okay because, you know, we agree with what you're saying, you know, you're, you're laying on the the niceties, so, you know, we'll go along with it. That You know, that's what it's about, trying to smooth it over before he gives us the bad news that, you know, we've got to go into this three-day lockdown. Like, shut up. Just just spill the beans. Just say it. It's like, just it really frustrates me that politicians, it's not just him, it's politicians in general, they, they really, they've got to, you know, just be so condescending. I hate the con. I, I dislike the condescending attitude, especially when they say, and this is goes for both. This is a, a slap against the federal and the state. So it's not just when they say, "Oh, if if we're good and we pass, we'll let you do this and we'll let you by easing restrictions." I'm thinking to myself, "Oh, so that's nice. So I bet I let you take some of my money for taxes. Are you going to be happy with that? <laughs> you know what I mean? The same context. Very good point. <laughs> is, is, is that true? Or yeah, is that, I totally. No, because I have to pay my taxes, don't I? Your way you let me do this, and the way you're letting me do that. Oh, okay. We'll let have let we'll let you go visit your grandparents. You know, we let you have twenty people over your house, mate. I pay my taxes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like how we're letting you do this. Yep. Uh, but uh, well, it's the world we live in. Yeah. It's the it's the world we live in. Your thoughts on the? Uh, I don't know if anyone's been following the. Uh, the scandal in world football, the European Super League. They've been talking about you know breaking away from the the UEFA Champions League for years. I don't think it's over. You know, Real Madrid is still trying to do it, even though all the. Uh, hang on, so all right, these twelve teams tried to break away from UEFA, start their own little league that they run the rules for, and you know invite who they want to invite. Okay, that's ridiculous. If Firstly, if they're going to do that, it should be an independent body that they set up and agree to setting up that creates the rules and, you know, none of this guaranteed spots, okay, just because of how much money you might have, okay? So that way, you know, 
teams coming in and out of it is based on on uh, results, like it is for the Champions League. They are the biggest twelve teams in in European football. They're the biggest twelve teams financially, but don't tell me you know Tottenham is one of the biggest twelve, or even even Arsenal. <laughs> you know, in terms of in terms of results in history, <laughs> it's it's purely based on finance. Which so really, it just underlines the fact that that football is about business now, and that's all it has been. It's for, always been about business. Uh, well, it hasn't always been, but it has been for you know probably since we've been alive, and you know, getting more so. The fact that Qatar won the World Cup in twenty in twenty twenty two is proof that it's all about business and no one gives a shit about football. That's it. That's the end of the story. That's what everyone should say. Qatar twenty twenty two. You know what I mean? So they've changed the whole schematics of the whole World Cup to suit Qatar about money. But at the end of the day, all right, they, they're getting what they want anyway because they're all getting four billion dollars anyway from from UEFA, aren't they? So at the end of the day, they're all getting all getting more money than they were originally going to get. So thank you very much. Plus they increased the, the number of teams in the Champions League from 32 to 36, which is ridiculous, but, you know. So they get more money and then they get more money. It's, it's, yeah, it's more money. But the fact that they, they've all, you know, one by one or, you know, even faster jumped off, right, because of the backlash from fans on social media. Like I'm surprised they even gave a shit, Okay. Manchester United, Liverpool, I think they were the first two to jump out. No, Chelsea, Chelsea, Man City. All right. the first and then they all followed, yeah. you know, like dominoes, you know, to say, oh, sorry, we got it wrong, we're out. Okay. Well, firstly, they were all getting, they're already getting, you know, more money than they were initially going to have to jump into this league. Um, why did, I'm surprised that they didn't just stick to their guns because at the end of the day, money talks, all right, even, even for the fans. The fans would have followed. Even if it meant the first year. Everyone, you know, it's not like all the fans were going to vow to not support their team, not go along to the stadium and, and totally ignore this, this new league. If it had been on B in sports, people still would have watched it on B in sports, you know. I'm surprised they didn't just stick to their guns. But I'm also, what about the, the contracts that they would have signed? Are they not binding? Yeah. You know, where does it leave JP Morgan who were bankrolling this, this new league? Right, JP Morgan's just all of a sudden, all right, we're, we're fine with it. Not making the money that we were initially, you know, intending to make through sponsorship and, um, you know, TV rights and all, you know, you name it that they would have got. Everyone's just happy to to put on the brakes and and throw it into reverse. It doesn't make sense to me. This is not stopping now, mate. I, I can't see that. I, I, I can't see. And, and the pre- the Premier League and all that. They're, they're, that's a bit of cheek as well, you know. Hypocrisy on their behalf. Well, they formed like that, didn't they? The Premier League. They only started in '92, was it '93? When did they start? Yeah, the Premier League. Like yeah, yeah. That was, a, that was. That's no different than what the Premier League did. The same thing. Just they got all the teams from England. And on the flip side, like you were saying about the, the supporters, of course they're going to follow their team. And at the end of the day, if you're a person who likes football, just a, a purist, right? Would you rather watch Manchester United play Burnley or West Brom, or would you rather Manchester United play Real Madrid or Juventus or AC Milan? Of course you'd rather watch that game. Look, all the arguments that, that fans were, were going on about, the fact that, you know, seeing Manchester United versus Real Madrid four times a year is overkill, you know, plus you know, Juventus versus Barcelona four times a year. You know, the beauty of football is that these massive, big, you know, historic teams play against each other on rare, not so rare these days because of the Champions League, but historically rarer occasions 
you know, less frequent occasions, that does make them more special, okay, more memorable. If if they're all going to play against, you know, in a group, there's going to be Real Madrid, Juventus, and Manchester United. Uh, every week, there's going to be big games. That does, to me, take away the the specialness of those those big clashes. But also, the West Bromwich Albion's not being able to play against Manchester United if they were to pull out of the Premier League because of this, which I couldn't see happening anyway. But if that was to happen, right, that also takes away the 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 what's the word the uniqueness of for those fans of the of the lower team being able to firstly you know at their home game against Manchester United bring in a a massive income from the gate, right? Massive income from TV rights for those particular games. You know what I mean? It would make a yeah. big a bigger gulf between the the haves and the have-nots. So, and also the, the leagues couldn't survive. Let's say Juventus, Milan and Inter left the Serie A. You know, so, so Napoli or Roma or maybe a Lazio wins the league. It's worth shit. You know what I mean? If Roma wins a league but can't beat Juventus along the way, I couldn't care less. And to me, I wouldn't count it, you know? Yeah, but like, like they, they say that this pyramid, it's, it's, it, it causes, what do they say? Like it's not fair in the other teams because you know, there's no relegation, isn't that? And the counter argument is like really since the Premier League's been established, which one of those six, which other teams bar those six have won the the Premier League? Okay, I'll tell you what, Black was a Blackburn Rovers in '94, yeah, and Leicester City, Leicester, right? Out of Blackburn, out of, I think out won, of thirty teams, out of first Premier League, if I remember yeah, right, yeah, and so out of twenty eight years or whatever it's been going, yeah, all right. So you've had two. La Liga. When was the last time someone besides Real Madrid, Barcelona, or Atletico won the the, the the Spanish probably, league. probably just as long or longer. I think it was Villa. I think it was Villarreal in like early two thousand. Did they? And let's not forget about the Italian league. Yes, right? I know Mel. But still, if you take out those big, big three of Spain and Italy and six of of England, and someone else wins the league, it's not worth jack shit. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm not saying I'm pro. I'm not. I'm not as anti as everyone else is. I like watching a good game of soccer. I'm not. Kind of I'm not anti this Super League either. I was, and 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 also, I'm not anti not for it. I would. I would have liked to see it play out, just to see what the hell happens. If if these big teams would leave their domestic, if these big teams would leave their domestic leagues, which I couldn't see happening, because they need, the leagues need them more than they need the league, their domestic leagues, right? So they couldn't let them go. As a as a punishment of some sort, it couldn't happen. Yeah, and and everyone goes, oh, but uh, PSG didn't go in, and Bayern didn't go in. Well, the only two reason, the only reason Bayern didn't go in is because they're fifty one percent owned by the fans, so they have to get that approval before they're doing anything. And the reason PSG didn't go in is because they're owned by Qatar, and where's the next World Cup in Qatar? And who else owns the same people that owned PSG own uh, B in Sports? So who's got the right for the Champions League? BN Sports. Yes. So, of course, PSG is not going to go in there. Yeah, exactly because right. if it came to – if it didn't have those little anomalies, PSG would have jumped on the bandwagon. Of course they would have. Yeah. And that's it. So it might have to wait until the Qatar World Cup and maybe contract with BN Sports ends between BN, BN and PSG. I don't know. But this Super League eventually will happen, I reckon, one of these years. Eventually happen. And the other thing is the hypocrisy of UEFA and FIFA, mind you, you know what I mean? The, is, is astounding, you know? The fact that they've Absolutely been made astounding. to look like the good guys. Is, 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 and I'm thinking to my people, you talk about greed. 
Yeah, and to get these talk about to, to get these clubs back, they've thrown all these billions of dollars at them anyway, which made them as rich as they were going to be, extra rich to to go into this Super League anyway. I don't know. Yeah, and they talk about like oh, greed and greed of the owners, greed this and that. Hang on a minute. Again, we'll go back to Qatar. How did they FIFA give them the World Cup? Pure greed. Yeah. That's it. End of story. All right. I said this was going to be a short one, Mel, and I got to go because I've got a uh, yeah, no dramas, mate. I've got a visitor, <laughs> so <laughs> going to have to end it. And uh, that's the podcast for this week. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Too easy. Have a good one. All right. See you, everyone. Follow us on Facebook. Ciao. Ciao. Sure, that went fast. I'm sorry, but I don't want to be a, an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful, but we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness in men, cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world, millions of despairing men, women, and little children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. For those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men, fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery. Fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke, it is written, the kingdom of God is within man. Not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power. The power to create machines. The power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. A decent world that will give men a chance to work that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves. 
but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason, a world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite!